Okay, welcome to the first ever episode of the Council of Fathers podcast. I'm excited. I'm really excited too. A little bit nervous, if I'm being honest. Don't be honest. Wait, no, yes, be honest. Okay. Be honest. Yeah. What we're just going to talk about today is what is this Council of Fathers thing and why does it exist and how did it start? And then a little bit about what to be expecting from the podcast. Can I just make a note for our listeners that you and I are both wearing the same hat. Yes, indeed. It's a beautiful black baseball cap with a goldish logo, leather logo that says... Council of Fathers. How dorky of us. It's incredibly dorky of us. But they're good-looking hats. They are good-looking hats. And we're not so good-looking guys wearing them, but, you know, we can't... Speak for yourself. (laughs) I think you're very good-looking, personally. Thank you. Thank you. Nice sweater, too. Thank you. This was a Hanukkah gift from Uh Rachel. Yeah. Uh So, Dave, what is the Council of Fathers? Oh, man. The Council of Fathers is, uh, well, first of all, I'd describe it as a, a program that we put together. Mostly, you started it, <laughs> you kicked it off, and I joined, and I'm super grateful for that. But it's an opportunity for fathers to come together twice monthly in in a group, once a month as a what we call a council, where guys can share their journey of fatherhood, their struggles, their successes, their questions, and other guys nod their heads and listen and get it. And it turns out to be a place where I think fathers share stuff that they don't share Mm. anywhere else. Yeah. And then the other meeting per month is what we call learning session. And that learning session is really intended to help equip dads with new knowledge, information, and practices to to really hone in the art of being a dad. We try to make those, those sessions are super interactive, and it's not like a lecture or anything like that. We cover things like communication skills and childhood development and how do you deal with triggers and all sorts of fun stuff like that how does your brain work and Mm. how does your brain work when your kid's throwing a tantrum and what's going on with your kid's brain when they're throwing a tantrum and stuff we pull from really helpful parenting books and then as a group we talk about and try and put it into practice Mm -hmm. what does this mean you know practically for what's happening in the home and those happen online currently and it's really fun yeah well it's fun and it's it feels really remarkable just what ends up happening for the dads and then when we meet in that next council and it's like what threads of that first learning session showed up for them in those weeks between that and it's really rad yeah and those are in person when we meet as a council and sitting around a fire Mm. and feels really just for me it feels like this monthly reminder of what's most important to me which is Mm. being a a parent and also I always leave feeling a little bit more energized than when I get there which is amazing at 
after two hours of talking with a bunch of guys, mm-hmm. it's really cool that we all feel a little bit high from it. Yeah. You know? And we also offer coaching in between mm-hmm. these sessions where we work one-on-one with dads on specific parenting strategies or issues that are coming up in relationship that uh, is most ripe for each guy that Mm -hmm. we're working with. And personally, I I love sitting with dads and Mm -hmm. and puzzling together on how can we, you know, improve as, as fathers. Totally. And I mean, I think the one other thing that ends up having, we send out weekly emails with kind of journaling prompts and things to reflect on or think about or discuss with your you know sort of partner of the month we partner up the the guys in the council each month with a different guy so um but or and it's so interesting that's our core program right and the council of fathers but when i think about what the council of fathers is right i think of it hopefully as a part of a bigger movement of men of dads who are trying to show up for their families fully you know with their hearts yes and maybe change some of the cultural patterns that have existed in the past around you know what a dad's role is or how a dad ought to connect with their children or not connect with their children what that work-life balance might look like yeah cultural patterns and also lineage patterns Mm. doing things different than our dads did we might have more resources now than than our dads did and our dads had greater resources than their dads but this council of fathers is a resource that our dads definitely did not have yeah and so we come together with this passion for parenting and and figuring out what it means to be a dad in this world and we get better at it by interacting totally and it gets maybe a little bit easier like it's always going to be challenging there's always the kids are growing and changing and um driving us bananas in different ways um at different ages and I find that it's that much less hard <laughs> with with the community to be a part of, to know that I'm not at it alone, and then even, yeah, to get ideas around how to navigate this specific conflict or pattern that my family's dealing with. Yeah, you, ha- you have this great quote that you put into mm. the council from the beginning, which is, fatherhood requires brotherhood and i just love that because i think you know once upon a time there was a community of men living on land together and working together and learning from each other Mm -hmm. and watching each other Mm -hmm. and that's not the case anymore right we don't we don't grow up most of us anyway don't grow up working next to our fathers and watching our grandfathers and watching our uncles and 
learning how to deal with emotions from watching them or mm. deal with thoughts from conversing with them most of us are quite isolated in our own family yeah. units and then we're we're sort of you know hitting golf balls in the dark like we're we're really trying to figure this thing out yeah that's kind of the most complex thing i've ever done totally parenting oh yeah and, I, and i'm trying to figure it out from Just... my children teaching me <laughs> you know and so in a way what what we're trying to create is a way to to draw upon each other and and um have the community be smarter than the individual yeah something like that yeah and and i think humans were social creatures and there is this huge change that's happened over the past whether you say 10 or 20 or 50 years in in our culture that like you said has led to more isolation more insulation um and then on top of that there is this whole thing for about men and being vulnerable and being able to share our emotions and emotional intelligence or you know what that even means and how we're raised yeah my my wife has a quote that she pulled from some meme on on the web that says I was a much better parent before I had kids, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And and there's something about fatherhood that has really humbled me, mm. you know, that brings out parts of me that I didn't see prior to becoming a father. Totally. And, oh, shit, what do I do with that, yeah. right? I'm yeah. feeling rage right now. Where the hell did that come from? Right. You know, and... And where do I take that? Uh-huh. And, you know, Council Fathers is the perfect place to take that, right? Like, yeah. Hey, you guys ever, you know, feel like banging your head against the wall at 2 o'clock in the morning because your kid wakes you up? Mm-hmm. Everybody nods. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just that. Uh, I mean, I remember from the from the first group, just just that feeling of like, oh, yeah. I'm not at this alone. And I also remember, you know, one of the dads from one of the groups saying, like, after being you know, doing the council thing for a few times, he tried to organize his college friends who he goes way back with, way back that. with. I remember that, yeah. And, and he's like, hey, guys, let's get together and, you know, and we can, like, talk about stuff. And and he wanted to talk about his struggles with his kids. And, and everyone else was like, everything's okay over here you know like everyone's fine yeah. i'm the not facebook response right yeah. even though they were in person or maybe they were on zoom at the time but yeah just that like not everyone is willing or capable or of actually there's not a uh the space created for it i mean you right. and i know we're we're really tight we're really yeah. good friends yeah and prior to council of fathers we would talk about parenting a little bit you know, off to the side when it's sort of a secondary conversation. Sure. But we didn't get into the nitty gritty of right. how it feels when your three-year-old won't put their damn shoes on. Right. You know, we, we didn't drop in like that. Not 
because we didn't want to because there wasn't the space for it. Right. And that is a big part of, of what we're trying to create here is, is the space for that. Um, or and, and actually lots of spaces for that, right? Yeah. Um, and, and also just show that it's possible that it that it's yeah that it that it can be there if you are willing to take the leap to to take a risk to just sort of yeah see what can happen and to that point we have like day retreats that we've done and we've got some workshops planned for the spring which are smaller commitments than that whole like six month program um and we're working to sort of maybe create a little bit of an online community as well for either people who aren't local or just to kind of tie the thread between retreats and between cohorts and make things a little bit more robust. Not that anything can really replace that face-to-face in-person connection, but yeah, but there is something about just setting aside time and structuring time that allows us all to retreat from Mm fathering for Mm -hmm. a minute and regroup recharge get ready to get back in there yeah and that's another thing we hear from all the dads is how much they they feel more energized to be with their families they feel more present their partners their co-parents they notice it too and, and reflect it back and hearing those stories i mean if there was ever anything that would keep me going it's that yeah it was funny the first group you remember the first group one of the dads at the end there was something like 15 guys in the room mm-hmm. and one of the dads asked all the others how many of you <laughs> how many of your spouses told you about this mm-hmm. and i'd say you know 10 out of 15 people yeah. raised the raised their hands yeah. there's a fortunately there's support from there is people that care about us you know, see that fatherhood requires brotherhood mm-hmm. and see that that dads need, you know, some resources too, even though that's not a cultural norm for reprieval for... Yeah. Well, I mean, and you're speaking to the how much mothers want the fathers of their kids to be doing something to help them drop into their hearts a little bit more to help them have access to their emotions. I mean, um, which speaks a little bit to how and why this all started, right? I have this one memory, Hazel, my first kid, who's now seven, must have been four or five, six months old, and I'm in the kitchen after cleaning it up. I think my wife went out for the night, and I'm, I'm scrolling through my phone, looking at different people's names, of who I could call just to check in with and talk to and making excuses for why I shouldn't call this person and that person is a different time zone and you know I talked to this person recently they don't want to listen to me bitch and complain about whatever now and and then eventually just like letting go of that project of reaching out and actually collapsing onto the floor in tears feeling just alone and isolated and like knowing that it didn't have to be that way, even knowing in my mind that I could have called anybody and they would have been so happy to hear from me and so wanting to support me, but something inside of me, some conditioning as a man, like 
maybe stop me from doing that. And six months into fatherhood, I didn't feel like I could necessarily start a program for dads. Um, but six years into it, I did. And on top of that, I, as I'm an acupuncturist by trade, and I work with a lot of moms, pregnant women, um, doulas, birth workers, and I keep hearing from them like that there's this need that, that, that the dads are showing up and they don't know what they're doing. They, they want support, but they don't know where to get it. And, and then from the moms, just that like their partners aren't, aren't showing up in the ways they need them to. And so between my own internal sense of like, this is needed and I want to do something to, to make a difference here. And then getting that external feedback, even though it wasn't from dads directly. But then once I put it out there, it was just like this flood. I was just blown away. I was thinking we'd have a dropping group once a month. And I, and I was already in that first month doing it twice a month because of how many people were interested. Yeah. I'm still blown away by that. On the one hand, you know, super surprised. And then, and then when I think about it, it's not surprising at all, given what we've been talking about. There just isn't a lot out there. I remember when I was like a deer in headlights when, (laughs) when, when I was getting ready for my son's birth and you know, terrified and the hospital offered daddy boot camp, <laughs> which was a bunch of deer and headlights sitting around mm. in a circle mm. watching someone try to change a diaper. I mean, it was really uh-huh. um, good intentioned, well intended, you know, <laughs> but really didn't provide me with much more than more anxiety about what I was up to and and I so appreciate you sharing that story about reaching out and and I have to say as a I'm I'm a pretty introverted guy and I don't even think about reaching out Mm. you know and Mm -hmm. so my wife will ensure that I show up for council fathers Mm -hmm. and will ensure that Mm -hmm. you know if if I'm going to connect with other dads she wants to create that opportunity for me mm-hmm. so yeah there's clearly um not the kind of natural support out there for it and and the clear need for it yeah you know yeah so dave so we just kind of outline what this whole council of fathers thing is the programs we offer why it started um why are we doing this podcast and and what can people who choose to tune in expect from it we're doing it because it's fun (laughs) fun for us and really it seems to be a a common way that the dads we know sort of get support they listen to podcasts and you and i listen to podcasts it seems to be a good parenting strategy to put the headphones on when you're doing something you know putting the kids down and and you have to be in their room anyway and you can listen to a podcast while they're falling asleep or even running sometimes you and i both run and listen to podcasts when we run and and podcasts are little doses of inspiration and 
information and connection Mm -hmm. even, you know, to my hope is that guys out there hear these two dads talking about our struggles and Mm -hmm. our successes and our journey and feel heard themselves and feel that they can see our journey and in their journey and, you know, get a little shot, a little bolt of, I can do this. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think it comes to that sense of connection. There are people out there who I feel like I know them, you know, they're, they're like my friends, even though they never met me. And maybe I met them in person if I'm lucky, but just we can we can glean wisdom from each other. I hope that this becomes a multi-directional stream of, you know, I'd, I'd love to be getting comments and emails and uh, feedback around what how this is impacting people as well. Um, suggestions, requests around what people want to hear and get out of this podcast as well. If we together get together, hang out, laugh a little bit, but 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 are coming from our hearts, yeah, maybe that just draws people who are listening a little bit more into their hearts, right? Mm. Maybe maybe they get off listening to this episode, or they just like feel themselves a little bit more. Yeah, if that happened, I mean. That'd be amazing. Totally. Do you have that experience with other podcasts that you listen to? Yeah. I mean, some podcasts I listen to are heady and full of ideas and get me kind of spinning Spinning, in in a positive way. But there are a couple out there that really touch me, actually, emotionally, and um, open me up in a way that feels valuable. And those are the podcasts that I find lead to really meaningful and interesting conversations with my wife, you Mm. know, or meaningful and interesting conversations with with a buddy who I'm going for a run with or a hike with, or even like watching the kids at the playground. Oh, I heard this app, you know, like, yeah. So um, the stuff that like turns the key of the heart, you know, that's, that's, I also like geeking out on ideas, so, you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You're talking about the contrast of what we experience most of our days can be pretty heady Mm -hmm. and can be pretty reactionary. Like we're reacting to, um, you know, driving the kids here and driving the kids gymnastics and martial arts and, you know, the the life of a taxi driver and work can be very sort of heady and idea based and then to take the time to drop in and from a different place you're saying yeah you know not not so much from the head although you and i are both kind of heady guys (laughs) (laughs) but that's what our kids need also i mean children are the opposite of heady right like that's that's the capacity they're working their way into as they grow up but zero to seven the body is the center of gravity of their experience of life right emotions and physicality my four-year-old when when i have like sort of heady conversations with my seven-year-old he says stop talking about this you know because it's like he feels excluded and he can't understand what we're talking about right and he wants to wrestle and he wants to play ball and climb and bike and you know and play games but um but he's not interested in in ideas 
right? My seven-year-old is interested in ideas, and but she's at the beginning of that path, and she's still primarily an emotional being, right? Who also enjoys being in her body, right? And and I think as adults, we forget. I mean, that's one of the f- best thing about kids and being around kids and parenting is that like they're such a good reminder that like it's fun to roll around on the floor or to dance like a crazy person or, you know, yeah, just to play and, and not be so wrapped up in our, in our heads. Yeah. Yeah. They're such amazing teachers and, you know, a hug from my seven year old daughter will quickly pull me out of whatever ideas I'm, I'm lost in. And yeah, we, we can so, miss the mark sometimes when we're trying to rationalize with our kids and frankly with each other you know and sometimes that's exactly what's called for Mm -hmm. but i love what you're saying about how kids can remind us and how we can remind each other that the head is just one part of the body and and that there's so much more below the neck to um you know to connect and and experience life through Mm -hmm. so i mean i think we covered our bases i think anyone out there listening if this resonates if this hits a chord you know we hope you come back for more we'd love to hear from you and please go do go ahead and and subscribe so you can be notified when the new episodes come out. Anything you want to add? No, I appreciate you and Mm. I appreciate all y'all who are listening and let us know if you want what, what you want us to talk about. Cool. All right. Well, have a great rest of your day and uh, we'll see you next time.